Hey guys, we wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. Check back weekly to stay up to date with what God is doing here in the life of our church. To learn more information, you can find us online at sturkey.church. Our prayer here at the church at Sturkey Hills is that you are moved by this message. Guys, thanks for tuning in and have a blessed week. Good morning, church. Good morning. I brought a little extra props today. Uh, before I get into my message, uh, Pastor Joel wanted me to give you a financial update. Uh, I'm actually the, the uh, executive pastor. I manage the finances of the church. And, and good, the good news is that uh, our mortgage is paid off and all the bills are paid and we have over $50,000 in the bank. So it's awesome. We, we haven't gotten our final money from Second Baptist. They're still working on all that, but uh, things are looking well, and uh, I'm blessed to be here. Uh, as I said earlier, Pastor Joel's in Brazil, and he asked me to come and share a message. And uh, before I do that, I've got a couple other announcements. Uh, I'm the director at Choices Resource Center, and we're going to have a walk for life, and I want to start promoting that this week. Uh, the flyer, if we could put the flyer up, would be great first. Uh, anyway, the Walk for Life is a, fun, is a fundraiser that we do in Oak Ridge. This year it's on Saturday, September 21st. And the, the most exciting thing for me is uh, because of all the different denominations of churches that support our ministry, it's one time when people don't get caught up in denominations. They come and support uh, the right to life, the uh, life in general for the unborn. and. It's an awesome event. We have about 350 people come, and I'm hoping to have as many as 50 people come from here. It's for all ages, from children and strollers. And uh, the great thing for me is when the body of Christ comes together, I know most of the churches because I get to go visit them every once in a while, but we've got every denomination, and they come together, and we pray, and we walk, and it's awesome. So there'll be more information coming up about that soon. The Walk for Life on September 21st. So put that on your calendar. It's on a Saturday morning. Uh, the other thing is, um, besides my financial background, my sort of spiritual calling is in the, the area of counseling and coaching. So one of my goals for this church is to have a place where we can do more of that, uh, not just, just with me, but with the greater church. So uh, this Thursday, I'm going to be meeting, I'll, I'll tell more about the, the specific details, but we're going to start a ministry, and I'm going to call it celebrate freedom it's sort of like celebrate recovery you've heard that around the country celebrate recovery is a 12-step christian-based program and there's several in, in the knoxville area i actually helped start the one at faith promise many years ago but we're going to sort of do a little bit different twist on it we're going to call it celebrate freedom because i want people to be free and uh, people think that that ministry is mostly just for addiction issues but it's really that's only a piece of it it's for life's hurts habits and hang-ups. I'll give you a little bit of definition. What is the definition of a hurt? A brief definition is a, is a feeling of being hurt as an emotional reaction to another person's behavior or disturbing situation. Parts of this may be abuse, abandonment, codependency, relationship issues. So this ministry, if you have a hurt like this, you need to come and let us minister you. We're going to be putting together ministry teams to pray with you, to counsel you to minister to you in a safe environment 
that we can't necessarily deal on Sunday morning. The next one is a habit. A habit is more the addiction issues, alcoholism, drugs, food, gambling, sex, shopping, smoking, other things like that. And then the hang-up is another category. It's things like anger, depression, fear, and one of the areas that I really spend a lot of time talking to people about is the word unforgiveness. And that leads me to today's message, and uh, it's called Truth and Freedom. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, John 8:32. You shall know the truth, and what the truth shall set you free. So I think that uh, as I'll spend time with believers across the area, I see a lot of people that know Jesus, and they know where they're going in eternity, but they're not walking out the freedom and the fulfilled life that Jesus wanted. Jesus said he came that we would have life and have it abundantly. That didn't mean when we get to heaven. It means now. So part of this, this uh, we're going to talk about today in today's message and on Thursday night every week is this idea of getting set free. Um, so I've, I've put in your little outline several questions. The first question is, what, who is truth? And we know that Jesus actually said he was. John 14, 6, what does it say? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus actually called himself the truth. The truth, he came in flesh and dwelt among us lived here on 33 years, died, rose again, and he's in heaven waiting for us. So he is the exemplification of truth. Now, the other part of truth is God's word, and that's what Joel's message was last week about being in God's word. And that's the reason it's so important for us to spend time, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week, learning, learning God's word. And one of the things that we're going to do on Thursday night is hopefully invite all the small groups, all the life groups to come periodically and recruit members because we want people to be involved in the life group in some avenue, whether serving on Thursday or some other ministry. So, all right, so who is truth? Jesus. What is truth? Jesus and his word. I want to share a few scriptures about the word being truth. The first one is Psalm 8611. Psalm 86.11 says, Teach me your ways, that I might live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart, so I may honor you. The next scripture is uh, Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes to the wonderful truths of your instruction. See, this is our instruction manual. If we're getting our instructions from the world, we're going to be distorted, confused, and living the ways of the world. But when we get our instructions of the word, we know how to live our life. The next one is John 17, 17. It says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. This is God's word, truth. And the verse 19 of chapter 17 says, I give myself as a holy sacrifice so that they may be made holy by truth. And in Ephesians 6, that's talking about that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but we're battling against spiritual forces. One component to the armor 
is found in Ephesians 6.14. It's the belt of truth. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth which, and the body armor of God's righteousness. So part of this is so we're prepared for battle. You know, when Jesus was tempted by Satan three times after he fasted, each time Jesus actually quoted scripture back to Satan. Well, that's our example. Well, the more we know about God's word, we can better stand against the attacks of the enemy. The next scripture is 1 John 2, 4. And this is a tough one. It says, if someone claims I know God, but doesn't obey God's, cabinet, God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. So part of this scripture is, if we say we're one thing, but our actions don't, don't stand behind it, then we're actually living a lie. God wants to not only be connected to Jesus, the truth, but be living in the truth of his word. And then verse 19 of chapter 3 says, our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. So our actions are stronger than our words. So we have to walk this thing out. So that leads me to my prop. Now, why would Tim bring a suitcase to church? Unless I'm going on a mission trip, but I'm not going on a mission trip today. So this is an old suitcase, and it's got a bunch of my baggage in it. It's got a few clothes, but it's also got a few baggage things, and I want to talk about that. So the question, the last question is, are you really true, truly free? Are you truly free? And what I found out until I dealt with some of these issues and unpacked my bags, I'm not really truly free. So I'm going to talk about a few of these things. How about insecurity? Jesus wants us to unpack our bags. Lust. That's one of our bags. Greed. We've got so much stuff. I've got too much stuff. I need to get rid of my stuff. Stuff's not bad, but when it overwhelms you, it's too much. Grief. Unresolved grief can get us stuck in the past and in our baggage. Abuse. Emotional abuse is probably the biggest thing. There are cases of physical abuse, but all across this room, if I went, met with you one-on-one, -on -one, you could describe a time when you were emotionally abused, but if you're carrying that around, it's, it's keeping you from being free. This is a big one. The two greatest fears we have is the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. We want to be nurtured. This is a big one. Jealousy. I periodically struggle with that. How about you? How about the word regret? You know, one of the things that I've learned uh, as I've gotten older, how short life is. I recently turned 61, and uh, I said, I don't want to have any more regrets. <laughs> so this is one of the areas that I've really given to the Lord, and I ask you to consider doing that same thing. Shame. Satan is a liar. 
some of the songs we sang today about getting rid of stuff like this with Jesus' blood flowing through our lives. I talked about fear before. Fear of failure, fear of rejection. The Lord wants us to overcome this fear. The greatest scripture says, God's perfect love casts out fear. How about this one? Deep sadness or sorrow. Deep sadness or sorrow, yeah. We've had some of that. I've had some of that. How about this one? This is one I struggle with bad. I eat too much and don't exercise. And I'm unhealthy sometimes, but I'm working on it. This is a huge one. Unforgiveness. In fact, Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, what? Forgive us our debt as we forgive those who sin against us. So unforgiveness is huge. I hadn't really ever had much struggle with this, but I've, I've maybe had a little bit of alcohol issues in the past, but never had drugs, but I know lots of people that have. Maybe, maybe you struggle with that. We want to help you with that on, on Thursday night. And then the part of the lies of the enemy is guilt. He wants to lay us down with guilt. He's a liar. And we get God wants to set us free from all the guilt and shame. And then this is, a, this is another one, anger anger so do you have a place where you can go and talk to somebody through some of these issues now I'm available but what I've learned is I can't do it all but in this room God set people free from a lot of this stuff and what I needed you to do is I need you to come on Thursday night and help me because we want to create an environment where we people can, can come and get prayed for and start living in freedom and walking this out because God's got you here because he wants to pour out his love on you, fill his love in your life, empower you to be his servants. But Satan's plan is to distract us, to beat us down, and make us feel like we can't serve. But every one of you, the Lord has gifted you in a special way. It's only you, and you can only do that. But if you're bogged down with this baggage, if you're carrying your suitcase around or your backpack full of stuff, it's hindering your service. And the Lord's really getting ready to do something big in this church. And the part of that is getting you free. He wants to set you free so you can be his servant. And God can use you and your gifts and talents. So I need you to sign up on Thursday night. Maybe, maybe God's already set you free and you want to help somebody else. Sign up. Maybe you're going to get rid of your pride and say, yeah, I need some help. I'm going to come and let people help me. Because we really want to create an environment. It's difficult. It's almost intimidating on a Sunday morning if you're going through a tough time even though Pastor Joel may give a powerful message and may move you, it's difficult for you to come. We want people to come to the altar and get prayer, prayed for, but on Thursday, it'll be a little bit more freer and we'll, we'll, we won't have the time constrictions. So all these things are important. But there's one final other thing I want to share about, and this is a little bit more personal, and that's Secrets. Secrets, and this is, this is going to be a tough one. We all have these little secrets. 
And I've had secrets in my life, and it's broken me down, and the enemies just stuffed me down. But I want to tell you this story. It's a very common story. Many of you have heard this story, but I want to read it. And we're going to talk about the details of it, and then we're going to talk about God's prescription for how to overcome. Because the question is, are you really free? And hopefully you're going to get there. But if you haven't dealt with this kind of stuff and getting rid of all your secrets, then you're not going to let it be free. So the story I want to read, I'm, on, I'm not going to read the actual story, but I'm going to read the, the, after, the aftermath of the story. It's found in 2 Samuel King, excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 11, and it's the story of David and Bathsheba. Now David is one of my heroes in the Bible, okay, because he fought Goliath. Everyone was afraid. And he was a little young man, and he said, I'll do it. And they tried to put armor on him, and the armor didn't weigh him down. He said, I don't need the armor. I need the Lord and my slingshot, and I'll take him down. And then he became the leader of the kings, and, and, and King Saul actually became jealous because when he would go out to battle, he would be so much more victorious than Saul. And God said he was a man after God's own heart. But yet, this big temptation brought him down. And it says in chapter 11, I'm not going to read it, but it says in chapter 11, while others were out to war, David decided to stay back. Because he was so powerful, he could have anything he wanted in the kingdom. And he went up on the rooftop, and he looked down and saw a young lady bathing. And he lusted after her, and he said, bring her to me. And he slept with her, and she became pregnant. And the, the, other, the other unfortunate thing was she was married. She was married to a man named Uriah, who was one of... David's captains. So this is one of David's captains out leading the battle, and he takes his wife to his home and sleeps with her, and she becomes pregnant. Well, he decides to come up and cover the secret up by calling Uriah home. He says, I'll just call Uriah home. You can sleep together, and then no one will know that we slept together, and the baby still can still be his. Well, Uriah came home, but he was so faithful to his soldiers that he refused to go into his own bed with his own wife and refused to sleep with her. He did come home to visit, but he said, I will not do that because my men are on the front lines. Well, when David found out this, he became outraged. And he actually said, look, something's got to happen to Uriah. So he sent word to the front lines, the next battle. When the battle goes forward, all men retreat and let Uriah fight by himself. And as a result, Uriah was killed. And the Bible records that as I like to act a murder. So this thing is just blowing up. Not only did David commit adultery, but he became so, so angry to try to cover it up that he actually had a man killed. Well, in, in biblical times, there were these prophets, and God would speak to them. And this is what I want to read. It's the second chapter, second Samuel chapter 12. You'll put that up there. So the Lord, so Lord uh, sent Nathan the prophet to tell David a story. And this is a story that he told. It says, there were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. 
and the poor man owned nothing like a little lamb he had bought, but only one little lamb he had bought. He raised this little lamb, it grew up with his children, it ate in the man's own plate and drank from his cup, it cuddled in his arm like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the rich man's home, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for the guest. Now, Nathan's telling this story to David, and he has no clue what he's talking about, and he becomes furious. In fact, chapter verse 5 says David was furious, and he says, As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such things deserves to die. He must repay four lambs for the poor man for the one he's stolen and have no pity. And this is where it all came to a head. Nathan turned to David and he said, you are the man. You are the man. And his sin was revealed, the secret that David tried to keep. Now fortunately for David, David did repent, and in Psalm 51, he said, Against you, Lord, and you alone have I sinned. And God did restore him, but he ended up, the, the, the child that was, was uh, conceived in adultery actually died, and eventually they did have another child. His name was Solomon, who became king. But one of the points of this is we got this baggage. The Lord wants to set us free. But we also have these secrets. Maybe your secret is not anywhere near as horrendous as David was. But this story has spoken to me my entire life as a grown man. That the Lord knows everything. And if I want to walk in freedom and I want to walk in victory. And I want to walk in wholeness and have the fulfilled life. The Lord, I can't have secrets. God already knows anyway. So... That's a part of this thing. That's the reason we have life groups. That's part of the reason we have this thing on Thursday we're going to start. Because we need to create a safe environment where people can come and talk about what's going on in their life. And be healed and be free. Now I want us to turn to James chapter 5. Could you put that up there? Now, confession to God is really all you need. I mean... All you've got to do is, the scripture says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And he will heal us of, and get rid of this stuff as we allow him to take it. But there's a scripture in James that, that promotes what I'm talking about on Thursday and the body of Christ. We're already doing this to a little bit with our life groups. But the Lord wants to expand this because we all need a safe place to be loved on, to be ministered to. In fact, this scripture actually says to get healing. So James chapter 5, verse 13. Go to verse 13. It says, any of you suffer hardships? Any of you happy? You should sing praises, which we did that. We've done that. We're going to do it some more. Any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. If you committed sins, you will be forgiven. Now, again, all we have to do to get forgiveness of sin is confess. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins. 
our sins are forgiven. But for some reason, the Lord put this thing in about confession to other people. Because it says in verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person with great power produces wonderful results. Now, I'm not a big fan of confessing my sins to other people. In fact, one of the reasons that the Protestant church was started because the priest in the Catholic church wanted, wanted to confess to him, which Jesus is the ultimate priest. We can go direct to him. But for some reason, James, who was actually the brother of Jesus, wrote this scripture, and it's in the Bible, about confessing to each other. And it's so powerful that it even says that we can be healed. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not that close to a lot of people that I want to confess my sins and let them pray for me. But that's what the body of Christ needs. That's what we need. We need relationships with people that can love us and trust. We can trust them. And they're not going to gossip our stuff away. And we can grow together and we can be healed. So my challenge for you, this church, the Lord really wants to take this church to another level. And we have an awesome pastor and he has a great plan. But part of this plan is this thing we're going to do on Thursday. And I need you to help me. I need you to come. I need you to be a part of it. We're going to do it on Thursday because the worship team's already here practicing. We're going to sing a few songs. We're going to worship together. We're going to share together. And then we're going to invite life groups to come in and be a part of it and invite people to come to their homes. And we're going to start new life groups. Because the body of Christ is meant to do things together. And we can't just do it for one hour on Sunday morning. We need to do it more than that because we need each other. We need this safe environment with a group that can love us and help us through our difficulties. The great thing is, uh, Joel's not here to speak for himself, but I know he would agree with me. We don't have it all together. <laughs> We're, God's still working on us. But Joel's the leader. I'm, the, I'm right there with him. And we're here to bring this church to the next level. But you've got to participate. You've got to humble yourself and say, I need some help. Will you help me? And part of that's going to be on, on, on uh, Thursday night. We still want the altars to be full on Sunday. We have prayer teams available to pray with people every Sunday. But for some reason, particularly after a message like today, it may be difficult for someone to walk the aisle. I hope, I hope it's you. As, as uh, Joe, won't you come up and prepare to sing your song? Joe's, Joe's going to sing a song just by himself. And during this, time, this song, I want you to just meditate and listen to the words and pray to God and ask God to help you get rid of this stuff and open up the doors for you to be transparent and get the help you need. You know, I don't know why bad things happen, but sometimes the Lord allows bad things to happen. And I grieve. I mean, I've been a minister for 25 years. I remember um, doing a funeral for a stillborn baby, and I'm like, say, God, why, did, why does this thing happen? I can't understand that. You love babies. And there's other things like that. We have all these other things that are unexplainable. Why do people uh, get divorced? 
You know, it's a, it's a painful thing. Why do people have cancer? Why do teenagers get killed in car wrecks? I don't understand all that stuff. But that's the reason the body of Christ is here so we can love each other and we can pray for each other and we can be there for each other. The Lord doesn't want you to do life alone. He wants you to do it in community. And I want, we want to help you find a safe person or a group of persons that you can be loved on and cared for. So I want to pray and then Job's going to sing. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. We thank you that you are truth. And we thank you that you said we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. I pray for freedom for all of us, Lord. I pray for freedom from all this baggage. You'll take all this stuff out of our life and, and you'll replace it with wholeness and joy and peace and the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to overcome our secrets. Lord, we know that you know everything anyway. So Lord, we just want to pray confessing our secrets to you. But Lord, there's something about the next level of healing according to your word when we share it with someone else that we can trust. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help people in this room to be trustworthy, to be trustworthy to be that kind of person, that kind of friend that someone can tell them something and they can pray for them and that will, and it will not be a point of gossip. It'll be a point of love and care and mercy. Lord, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the mission you have here. I pray that you just empower us to be your servants. Set us free from all this stuff so we can be your servants and we can reach this community for Jesus. Lord, I pray especially for that person or persons in this room right now that's weighted down with guilt and shame. I pray that you free them from that. I pray that you pour out love, that you give them joy. I pray for those that are sick that need healing, Lord. I pray for the mighty name of Jesus for healing. And Lord, those who need to be prayed for, I pray that they step forward and be prayed for. And Lord, I pray for this ministry where we're starting on Thursday. Celebrate freedom. I pray that you will just fill this room with people that need uh, prayer and healing and support and need community. Thank you for our time together. I pray this in Jesus' name.